Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Sideline Speaks with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Jason Collins and Kevin Walker, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. What's going on, Cake Walking Jay? All is well, all is well. Looking forward to another great one. Yeah, looking forward to a great show. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about, so should be a lot of fun tonight. Yes, yes, yes. Before we get started, I would like to please, please, for those who are watching us, to please subscribe, share, like, and comment. Um, just to let you guys know, if you do comment while we are live on air, um, we will do our best to reply back live. Answer your questions right here, right now. Um, but also, if you're not able to watch us live on YouTube or Twitch, Please also, we are also on Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts as well. I believe I got all of them. Is that right? Yeah, I, you got it, Britt. You nailed it. I got them all. I got them all. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, guess what? Today was a beautiful day. I had a crazy thunderstorm this weekend up here in the East Coast. I think we got like, I think nine confirmed tornadoes. Yep. What? Crazy. <laughs> Where am I living at right now? <laughs> this is unheard of for, for the East Coast. Um, I don't think I've ever experienced that before. Uh, but today is a beautiful day, so that's 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 a good day. Nice day. I think it's like 70-something degrees. I don't know how it is where you are, Jay, or K-Walk, but here it was beautiful. <laughs> same, same here, same here. Yeah, it was pretty nice here today, too. So I think we're all in good shape weather-wise. Sure. Unfortunately, we get shit storms, Jay. Keep them <laughs> sudden. <right>. Storms. <laughs> uh, but you guys already talked some sports. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. All right, guys. So we're going to start with these two basketball games that happened over the weekend. And I'm going to start with the men's side. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start with the men's side, though, first. Uh, so as we've seen yesterday, actually, we had UConn versus San Diego State. So that's number four UConn. They took on number five San Diego State in the NCAA National Championship, the men's side. Um, UConn ended up defeating San Diego State 76-59 to, to become the 2023 men's college basketball champs. What were your thoughts when watching this game? Jay, I'm going to come to you first. Yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. I mean, probably about five to seven minutes into actual playtime, I, I, I started feeling like San Diego State really didn't have a chance. You know, they hang their hat on defense, which is great, but you got to be able to score the basketball some. And I just kept watching the clock. I think there were like seven minutes left in the first half. And they only had like 14 points, and I was just thinking – that's not going to be enough. As good as your defense is, at some point you got to be able to score the basketball. And, and the way that UConn can score and the athletes that they have and the size and the guys that can do it on the inside and the outside, it just felt like UConn was going to be too much. And they absolutely were. So hats off to UConn. I think I think that's their fifth national championship. I think I've got that right. So, I mean, they, they've done an outstanding job with that program. And they got a lot coming back, so they're probably going to be really good again next year as well. So, yeah, I just felt like San Diego State, great run, uh, you know, exceeded expectations. But at the end of the day, they just couldn't score enough points to win. Yeah, uh, I watched I, – I, I kept flicking it back and forth, guys. Uh, it was not that interesting <laughs> to me. I'm going to be honest. Congratulations to UConn in the middle of the first – no, first half. Yeah, I was like – uh. I'm going to try this. And, I'm gonna, and then I switched it back and kept going back and forth. But 
from what I see, UConn was making some tough shots. They have some shooters on that team. I didn't realize how good their shooters were. Yeah. Um, San Diego State, they just couldn't make enough enough defensive stops. I know what they did to um, was Alabama to me was amazing because how well Alabama can shoot the ball and score that ball. But it just wasn't enough for San Diego State. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, for UConn. And clearly UConn was the better team by far. Far it looked like San Diego State shouldn't have been there. <laughs> it really, honestly did. But K, what what were your thoughts on watching this game? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that your last comment there. I mean, I beg to differ with that. As far as San Diego State not doesn't didn't belong there or didn't look like they belong there. I just think they just didn't play their game. They they were their game was off. Um, they, they, their defense was off. Um, nothing to take away from UConn. But San Diego State didn't have. I mean, what they were doing is they weren't able to get those. Um, those second opportunities, and they were missing open shots. Uh, UConn did a great job, don't get me wrong, of only allowing them to one shot, uh, you know, one and done. But I thought San Diego State missed a lot of open shots uh, in that first half. We saw, I think, the last 11 minutes, they were, they were without a field The last 11 minutes of the first half, they went without a field goal. And I'm looking at this team, and I was like, this is not the team that, you know, I predicted to win or I watched for the majority of the season um, because they were missing open shots. It, it felt like they were playing tight. They felt like they were playing too tight, and they weren't able to make those shots. UConn was making some unbelievable shots, and that was yeah. the differences. So that was – and nothing – again, nothing to take away from UConn. But, um, I, you know, I felt like, you know – uh, San Diego State was going to make a run at some point. I just thought it was going to be earlier than when they went on that that particular run. But UConn did an excellent job of weathering that storm because a lot of momentum uh, went was going their way, meaning San Diego State. But UConn did an excellent job of weathering that run, weathering that storm, if you will. They stayed composed, and um, they played their game. Uh, they continued to play the game that they they brought to uh, they brought to the championship. But um, hats off to uh, to uh, to Danny Hurley, uh, South, South Jersey native. Yeah, I think he, we played around the same time we played Jay. Um, you know, in high school that is, and, and yeah. college as well. Um, but yeah, hats off to those guys. No, our fifth uh fifth championship. So welcome to the blue bloods, if you will. I think that uh, that puts them in that blue book category <laughs> now because they got that fifth uh that fifth uh championship. But yeah, hats off to them. Excellent team, uh, excellent game, uh, excellent game. I picked San Diego State because I just thought the way that the season was going, I said, you know, why not go with San Diego State? They yeah. got here for a reason, especially the way that they won that game in the uh the final four. So definitely uh a tale of two teams. One hitting their shots and the other one not, and then you know you can't argue they were a better team that particular night. <clears throat> um, yeah, I also went with San Diego State, but I think UConn all in all was the better team, and they actually been a better team. I think people underestimated, including myself, underestimated UConn throughout the course of the season. Um, and like I said, I'm gonna stand by what I say. It looked like San Diego State didn't belong. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the next one. Because this was the one I was most excited about, um, clearly by the, the viewership. I think it got over 12 million, million views. Yeah. Um, I, it could have been more than that. But as far as I know, the final number is about 12.6 million, which is a lot than some could be a lot more than the NBA game at times. Um, but we had LSU. <clears throat> sorry, guys. Um, number three, LSU defeated number two, Iowa, in a 102.85 to become the 2023 women college basketball uh, champs. What were your thoughts watching this particular game? K-Walk, I'll come to you first. 
Yeah, another game where, um, you know, LSU was just like UConn. They were hitting shots that they don't normally hit. I mean, they were hitting some unbelievable threes. Um, Again, nothing to take away from LSU. Hats off to those ladies for sure. Caitlin Clark came to play. I know we're going to get into some of the, uh, you know, some of the headline stories, if you will. But um, I thought she did an excellent job of uh, trying to carry that team. I thought the refs were calling that game very, very tight. Couple of those uh, teams, a couple of those games. I mean, uh, big time players were in foul trouble early. Some of them weathered the storm. Some of them didn't. Um, but uh, overall, I just thought that you know LSU just it's just had an outstanding game. They came out there and and they and they played well. Um, they didn't stop Caitlin Clark. Uh, I guess what they came out and and tried to do, they tried to stop her. They could. I don't think you could stop Caitlin Clark. To be perfectly honest with you, I think their mindset was after some one point is have the other players beat us. We're not going to have Caitlin Clark beat us. Let's see if these other uh, other players can uh, can beat us. But um, again, they were making some unbelievable shots, rebounding um, as well, and playing some okay defense. I mean, playing a, a good enough defense. Don't get me wrong. Not not to take anything away from them, but I thought Caitlin Clark came to play. She did her thing. She got a little frustrated there for for obvious reasons. But um, hats off to LSU for hitting those big time shots. Uh, her name escapes me. Number, I think it's number five. Um, she was just hitting some unbelievable shots, and the, and the one shot she had right before the half when it hit the uh, off the three uh, off the off the uh, uh, off the uh, the backboard and went in for three, and she had hit like the three or four previous prior to that. Uh, so you just knew once that ball went in off the backboard at that particular time, you had to know <laughs> that it was LSU's night at that point. Yeah. Um- yeah, I give credit to Iowa, but I, I was rooting for LSU all along. Um, I just felt like Angel Reese, it's hard to stop Angel Reese in that post. She was going to get those rebounds offensively, defensively. Um, if you look at total rebounds, I think I, um, LSU out-rebounded um, Iowa 37 to uh, 26. And then they had 14 offensive rebounds to only seven. Um, that's major. And then Angel Reese had about 10 of those, you know, her length, <laughs> um, she her tenacity to get those rebounds. She's like no other. I think she broke the record for most double doubles in the history of NCAA, uh, which is amazing. So I, I don't know if it was men's and women's, but I definitely know for the women's side. I don't know yeah. if it was both. Um, and I keep telling y'all about Flaugier Johnson. You know, I know Caitlin Clark. She did that same thing she did against South Carolina. She was like, ah, I'm not gonna guard you out there. But uh, Flaugé popped that three in her face. She said, I'm going to make you come out here to guard me. Um, And that's exactly what she did. And Jasmine Carson, boy, was she knocking down threes left and right. She was perfect from the field, uh, 22 points. This this game was fun. It was exciting. I love the jarring back and forth. Um, I love the the ring, the can't see me stuff. I love it. I love it. I think it's sports. I think that's how sports should be. These are competitors. Um, I have to give Iowa credit because they have a good team as well. But I really felt like LSU, I think people really underestimate. I kept saying this. I know I said this uh, with Princess on on the other show also. Um, I said, I think people are underestimating LSU and how good this team could really shoot the basketball. You know, I heard a lot of people thinking they, they're they an isolation-type team. And I was watching, I was like, they're not an isolation-type team. Maybe that was a regular prior to the tournament. I'm like, this team plays together, and they play well together, and they're having fun. I think when a team is having fun, it's hard to stop that team. And you can see they were having fun all throughout the entire tournament. But, Jay, what were your thoughts on this, um, on this game? Yeah, no, pretty much everything you guys said uh, – 
you know, I, I thought LSU shot the ball tremendously well in the first half. I th- what they hit like eight or nine threes in the first half. They that was just incredible shooting uh, in the first half. I don't think Iowa anticipated that. Um, you know, now they, they didn't hit any threes in the second half, I don't think. But I think to your point, Britt, that the rebounding by Angel Reese, she had some critical offensive rebounds in the second half. Every time Iowa tried to inch a little bit closer, it seemed like she'd get a big offensive rebound and just keep pushing them away. So she was she was fantastic on the boards. Um, I don't know. For me, I was a little disappointed just because I, I thought the game was officiated so poorly. I thought both sides had calls go against them that were just really bad calls. Like when you get on that stage and when you're in the finals, I just want the rest to stay out of it. Obviously call, call the obvious fouls, but some of the little ticky tack stuff that for me, that was a little bit disappointing because we didn't get to see stars from both sides actually play the entirety of the game. So uh, from that standpoint, I, I just wish the refs would have stayed out of it and let the girls play. But I mean, all credit to LSU. Britt, I'm one of those people that underestimated LSU. I thought their mm-hmm. schedule was a little bit light throughout the season. I didn't really – I had them making the Final Four, but I didn't really think they were going to win it all. Uh, but, hey, credit to them. And you're right. You can tell they like playing together. They have fun together. And I, I think that went a, a, a long way for sure. Yeah, they, they have a bright future. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I think Angel Reese wrote – you know, I'm only a sophomore. She's really a junior, guys, but I think she has an extra year of eligibility. Yeah, the COVID year. Yeah. yeah, because of the COVID year. So it's going to be interesting. But the fact that we could potentially see these guys go up against each other again, it's going to be exciting because Caitlin Clark, it's not her last year neither. She has yeah, another year. Back. Yeah, she'll be back. Um, So it's going to be see, interesting to see. Well, first, if they go both get back to the Final Four next year. But somehow, some way, I don't know if they'll do it because I know they're in two different conferences, but if they could play each other throughout the season, because um, I know a lot of fans would definitely want to see this matchup and uh, who's going to get the last. You can't see me. Okay, well, um, what'd you make of all that, man? <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on all that? The back and forth, the all the drama. I, I thought it was just two competitors going at it. I mean, I, I thought that Reese was a little obsessive with it, uh, to be perfectly honest, as far as following her around, you know, on the court. You know, Caitlin did, Caitlin Clark did an excellent job of um, ignoring it, not getting back at her. But, um, you know, that's what, you know, Caitlin Clark does. She understands that, listen, you know, if you go and give it, you got to be able to take it. And she took it. And she took it like, uh, you know, like a, a professional, like some NBA players or some WNBA players, some NFL players, you know, are not able to do that. Because I know if you did that to me and we're losing in a national championship game, you know, it's going to be a lot more than words being, you know, thrown around, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I thought she was a little obsessive with it. Um, but I get where she's coming from. You know, if – um you know, Caitlin Clark didn't do that. I mean, she didn't make it excessive like that. She did it. Caitlin Clark is Caitlin Clark. She's the baddest one in the land. I don't care what anyone says. Um, so, um, yeah, but I get it. I, you know, I get it. Uh, I'm just tired of people making this a black and white thing. It's definitely not a black and white thing. It's two competitors going at it. It's a competitor versus a competitor. And both of them come out and say, listen, um, we're, there's no beef. There's no beef. It's just the media trying to, you know, uh, uh, you know, Trump up some uh, some some beef, get us to talk about it and say, oh, Reese was wrong or Caitlin was wrong or Caitlin got what she deserved, blah, 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 depending on what side of the fence you are. Because, you know, unfortunately, there are two sides of defense to this. You know, a lot of people saying, you know, a lot of people saying that Reese went obsessive. 
I say she would have said a little excessive. I thought she could, she could have calmed that down. I think the first one, and the, she should have did one, maybe two, and, and would go with the ring thing, left it at that. But she just, I think she just following her around was just, was just too much. But um, hats off to Caitlin Clark for handling it the way she did at the, in the moment, in the moment, and, after, and then the press conference after the game as well. <laughs> Jay, you want to answer your own question? <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, I, I just wanted to see K Walk's thoughts because it's been all over the media. Um, yeah, I, I kind of felt like when I first saw it, because I don't know, like me personally, I'm not an in-game, like in your I was never like an in-game in your face trash talking kind of person. So it's funny because before the game, one of my I text one of my sisters and asked her, you know, you watching the game, and she was like, Yeah, I'm rooting for LSU because Caitlin Clark has been getting on my nerves with all of her antics. So I do think some of that was building up in people, and I'm sure in the opposing team too, because she is a little bit in your face, like with all the three symbols and she's just going back and forth with you know, the girl from Louisville, right? Mm-hmm. So all that kind of stuff. Um, but I agree with you, K-Walk. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, I, I didn't necessarily like the following around the court mm-hmm. part of it. I don't mind the trash talk going back and forth, right. but I, I didn't love the, the following around the court part of it. But I will say this, the more I listened to Angel Reese talk like after the game, and I've watched her do several interviews since then, and and the more I kind of just have become like, okay, I see kind of where she was coming from. I wouldn't have done it. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's just two competitors going back and forth at each other. And to me, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to do about nothing. You know, I don't think either one of the girls is real salty about it. At all. I, I at saw all. Caitlin Clark on uh, ESPN this morning. She said nobody should be upset with Angel for what she did. It wasn't a big deal. So, I mean, those were her own words. So I feel like this is something that the media took and ran with. Um, whereas I don't know that, um, you know, the people involved in it really thought it was that big of a deal. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like in the moment, just my personality, it's not something I would have done. But when I heard Angel right. Reese talk after the game and I listened to some of her interviews, she just became more and more likable to me because she just she was just coming from a real place. And I, I kind of could understand what she was trying to do. And the, and here's the only other thing I'll say is I don't want to be too long winded, but Caitlin Clark, like in that South Carolina game, like when she waved the girl off, like she wasn't guarding the girl and she waved her off. Like that's disrespectful. I've done that. I've actually Like I get it, but to me, that's disrespectful. So she I think shot it other she teams shot are watching it. that and they're like, man, you're going to disrespect somebody like that. So I think she opened herself up to yeah, something and she, like and she this handled happening. it well, and that's why and, I said, and, and yes. like you said, she took no offense to it because yes. I think she understood. Hey, I do exactly. this same I kind it. of stuff. Exactly. So exactly. again, much to do about nothing. I'm glad both girls said what they had to say. Doesn't feel like there's any beef there. To me, now it's the media that's running with this thing more so than yeah. anything. But Britt, yeah. we got to hear your thoughts on it. Um, look. I'm not going to say I don't think Angel Reese was overly excessive on anything. She's a competitor. She did what she wanted to do as a competitor, and I respect it. I love the trash talking. I love it. Like I said, Caitlin Clark has done similar stuff um, in games past, you know, talking back and forth with Carolina, like shut up, you down 15 or whatever she said. Um, I, 
she didn't follow as much as she felt as Angel Reese may have followed her, but she has followed people and um, taunted them. Yo, it's, it's, it's all competition. It's all competitiveness. Um, I don't want to get too deep because it's part of my rant later. <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to say too much about it, but I love both players. Um, I love Andrew Reese. I said this a thousand times before. I love her attitude. I love her confidence. I love her, her, her trash talking. You know, when she picked you too little for me, I love all of it. That's what the game is. I don't care if you man, woman, whatever. It's all about trash talking. It's all about getting into your opponent's head um, and basically trying to get them to owning real estate in their head is what we call it as competitors, right? I own real estate in your head. That's basically what you're trying to do. So um, to get an advantage, to gain advantage of some way, somehow. So it's all fun and games. Uh, they still respect each other. They, I'm pretty sure they still compliment each other's game. And I have to give um, credit to LSU because they called it. They said before the game, they said, we don't like Clay Caitlin's car's <laughs> antics. So we coming forward. And they backed it up. That's all I'm going to say. They backed it up. They said it. I love how Caitlin Clark handled it. She handled it just like a competitor. So respect to both young ladies. Respect yeah. to both of them. Yeah, I agree. Because um, at the end of the day, I think people just have to get used to um, – because if, if guys, honestly, I think if that was a, a men's game and that happened, I don't think people would really blink Nobody an eye pays at attention it. To it. I mean, we see that happen in the NBA every night. Somebody's mm -hmm. doing something like that. Uh, but I think because it was the women's game, people made a little bit more out of it than it needed to be. And I think let's people just it, have to get used to it, you know? Let's call it spade a spade. We're, we're, we're talking about a black player talking to a trash to a white player. And the white player is 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 um, arguably the best player. Not arguably. In my opinion, it's unarguable. She's the best player in the country. A lot of people are making a big deal. If she did that to someone on South Carolina, meeting Angel Reese did that to a player in South Carolina, and they met in that, uh, and they met in the national champion. Well, I couldn't have met in the national champion, but nonetheless, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if, if if they if that was done to if a black player did that to another black player, I guarantee you, with this conversation wouldn't wouldn't have, wouldn't take place wouldn't have taken place. I guarantee you, and that's why I'm saying I'm not making it out to be black and white like other people are. It's just true competitors, and a lot of people don't like her antics because of the fact of the matter. I think she is white. You know, look at Larry Bird back in the day. No one talked. No one said anything about Larry Bird. Was one of the, the best trash talkers out there. Yeah, one of the best trash talkers out there. But they didn't say anything about her tra talking trash. Me, me, him talking trash. But when Caitlin Clark does it, it's it's not a big deal. But when somebody does it back to Caitlin Clark, now it's a big deal. Uh, whether what, no matter what side of the fence you want, you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. Me personally, I, I I thought it was a little excessive, a little excessive, but nonetheless, I'm, I I get it. But at the same time, I, I just thought it was just a little too much for me. Just a little too much for me. Okay, well, no, I think your point is right. Like I think if that was Angel Reese and and um, you know Cook from South yeah. Carolina, yeah, right. I don't. You're right. I don't think it would have gotten nearly the attention and the, it would have been the big blow up. So I, I, I do think you're, you're, you're right about that. hundred percent. All right, guys, we're going to move on. Cause I can't talk about too much. Cause it's all part of my rant. There, all right. <laughs> uh, but before we go into our first break, I want to ask you guys this question. So after the LSU Iowa game, uh, first lady, Jill Biden, you know, invited both teams to the white house and many LSU players said, absolutely not. They even said, hey, let's see if we can go to uh, former first lady Michelle Obama's house. <laughs> um, but do you guys think both teams should go to the White House? Jay, I'm going to come to you first on this one. 
No, because it, th- that's not how it's done. I mean, unless unless I've missed something along the way where the runner-ups have, have come along on the trip as well, I don't see why now you would start doing that. I, I, I can't remember, and I could be wrong. Maybe I've missed it, but I was always under the impression that the champion got invited to the White House. They never brought the runner-up, so I don't understand uh, the reason to do that now. So for me, that's a no. For me, it's a hell no. <laughs> Absolutely no. No, it's not. To me, like you said, I agree with you, Jay. Every year is always the winner. Always the winner. Now, I know everything that's going on. Uh, people saying, hey, Andrisha did this. She was doing too much. It's this, that, and the third. And so Jill Biden, I'm pretty sure, came in and said, you know what? Let's just make peace of it all. Let me invite both teams. No. No, First Lady Jill Biden. I'm trying to give you the respect of being a First Lady, but you're starting to lose it a little bit because I'm a competitor. They lost. They sit home. LSU won. They go to the White House. Now, if Iowa wins, they go to the White House, and LSU sits home. But it didn't happen that way. So LSU goes to the White House. They get all the pictures, the, pre- the, the speech, whatever you know they do at the White House. It gets put on national media, whatever it may do. Uh, you get give the president a signed jersey, however it goes. But Iowa has to experience that when they win. That's how it's been done. That so-called tradition. Um, I know for a little bit, a few so many years ago, the players didn't want to do it for obvious reasons that I will not speak on here at this moment because that's a whole nother conversation. But now we're back to doing it again. So the winners go to the White House. Only the, the champs should go on both sides because I didn't hear her. I didn't hear her say, hey, UConn and uh, um, San Diego State come out. No, you only did it with the ladies. We're not doing that. But, K-Rock, what's your thoughts? Um, yeah, I have to, um, you know, I, I definitely agree. I definitely don't I definitely don't think that both teams should should go. Let me start there. I definitely think you keep the tradition as a tradition. It's, you know, it's one team, the, the winner, the, the national champion, Super Bowl winner, World Series champion, whomever, the, whatever the case may be. They are the ones invited. I, I, I guess I understand where she's getting at. But at the same time, I don't like it. I don't like it, Jill. I don't, I don't like the way you play that one. Um, for sure. So I, I definitely uh, agree with you guys. Um, I'm with you, Britt. You know, you don't want to talk about that because it's it's, it's a different uh, animal. I kind of alluded to it earlier when we talked about Reese and Caitlin. You know, that's another reason why both teams were, in my opinion, that both teams were um, invited to the uh, to the White House. Maybe, um, maybe you know, is is it's her first? Is it her first? Which no, she was an off. No, no. So no, no, absolutely not. The more I think about it, <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely. I was trying to give it a bit of a doubt, but when I started to think about what I wanted to say or what question I was going to ask, um, I immediately caught myself and answered my own question. So absolutely not. And maybe her intentions may have been good. Like right, I don't right. know that she was trying to do it like to right. be shady or anything. Like she right. might have good intentions. But it's just not it's just right. not the right way. Nah. It's just not the right way to handle Jill it. Jill Biden, I know it's a whole new thing of participation trophies, but we don't nah, do that over We don't here, do that. All right? We don't do that. Keep, no. You keep that with the preschool and elementary school grades. Once you get to or high school, the other, or invite speech. the other 64 as well. Yeah. Right, exactly. Or the other 62, I should say. <laughs> <other 62. laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we're a little early, but we're going to head into break now. Because when we come back on the other side of the break, I want to talk about some stuff that's going on with the NFL, the Tennessee Titans to be, to be more specific. And also, we got to get into the NBA. 
the playoffs are right around the corner. Play in first in the playoffs. So it's time that we start talking about that. As much as we want to continue to talk about college and the NFL, it's playoff time now. All right, but you guys are listening to uh Oh, goodness, I almost said the wrong show, guys. What is wrong with me? I think I'm on Thursday instead of uh, Tuesday. <laughs> I got confused with the uh, T's. All right. But you guys are listening to The Sideline Speaks with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Jason Collins and Kevin Walker, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome back. Welcome back to the sideline. Speaks with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Jason Collins and Kevin Walker, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Again, guys, please like, subscribe, like, subscribe, and share our channel. Um, the sideline speaks. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, also, you could catch us on Twitch as well. And if you leave comments, questions in the chat box, we will answer them live on air. All right, guys. So let's move on. We have to get into some NFL because the NFL draft is fastly approaching. It's always my birthday weekend. So happy early birthday to me. Yes. I always have a wonderful birthday just because of the draft. It's the first thing. <laughs> it's great to start with. Uh, <laughs> and hopes that my team picks well. Come on, Howie Roseman. Uh, but there have been a lot of reports out there that the Tennessee Titans may be looking to straight up up to the number three overall um, draft position to maybe potentially take a quarterback. So my question to you guys is, should the Titans look to take a quarterback in this year's draft, or should they continue developing with Malik Willis or, or keep Ryan Tannehill? They got a lot of quarterbacks already within the organization. What are your thoughts on this? K-Walk, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, no, I think they have two two really solid quarterbacks. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I, I know they, they're looking for somebody a little bit more flashy um, than uh, than Ryan Tannehill. But Ryan Tannehill, um, he's got the job done. Ever since he took over the helm there, he's actually made that team a, a lot better. Um, getting rid of – or not getting rid of, but trading away Ange, uh, A.J. Brown doesn't really help his case there. Um, and then you draft Malik Willis um, as well. He had a uh, not-so-productive uh, rookie season, but I, I think he'll, he's looking to, to bounce back. Uh, so for the sake of the question, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they go after a quarterback. I think they get the best remaining receiver in the draft. I think they pick, what, 11th, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly. So I think, you know, you can get a, you know, solid uh, receiver there. I think the receiver from uh, – one of the receivers from Ohio State should be available there. I think you go after receiver to replace A.J. Brown. But I think you got two solid quarterbacks there. So, yeah, it'll be a mistake to, to do that for sure. So if they, so what you're saying is if they trade up to three, go for a receiver, don't go for the quarterback, right? 
Oh no, no, don't no, I don't think you try. I don't think they should trade up if they, oh, if you they don't think do they should trade, trade up at all. No, no, okay. I don't think they should trade up. I thought that was a question. I'm sorry. I, um I thought you said it was rumors to do that. But if they trade up, then I think you have to go after a quarterback unless mm-hmm. you're going to because there's I think anybody else outside of a quarterback is going to be available to you uh, at, at 11 as far as yeah. to to uh, to fulfill your needs. So if you trade up, which I don't see how why they would do that in my opinion, but if you trade up then you go after a quarterback for uh, uh, for sure uh, without question. But I don't think they should. I think they should go mm-hmm. after a receiver, stay at 11 and, and go after a receiver. Yeah, okay, well, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I got to agree with you. Um, I think you went after Malik Willis for a reason, and yeah. that was what, just, uh, not last year. Was that Three last years year? Ago. No, two, two years, years ago. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. So work on him, develop his skill set. He also has a strong arm. He's also very mobile. Um, I feel like they, they're attracted to Anthony Richardson. I mean, after that pro day, I understand why. Um, I think he's going to end up being a good, a very good player in the NFL. But work with what you got. I know this GM came in. He wants to just basically start everything over. He's like, let's completely go into a rebuild. Yeah. Um, so maybe they looking to trade up for a quarterback, or maybe they're saying since we're looking to trade all of our current pieces, like the defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons, I've heard uh, they're looking to potentially <clears throat> trade Derrick Henry. Um, you know, again, guys, these are all potential uh, mm-hmm. rumors, but this is what's being reported out there. So maybe they're looking to go with Jalen Carter to have them be the the uh, the face of the defense, which is a fantastic pickup if they can trade up to number three. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with K-Well. If they're looking to go to number three for a quarterback, why? You already have two quarterbacks. I don't see the star potential in Ryan Tannehill, but I think, think Malik Willis, you can still develop into a franchise quarterback and just give him his opportunity. But, Jay, what are your thoughts on this? Mm, um, I generally, I think I agree, but maybe just to offer something different, right? So if they trade up the three, like, so Tannehill's 34 years old. So you have to say how many more good years does he have left? He's not, I think he's a good solid quarterback as K walk alluded to, but I don't think he's going to set the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. They've had two years to look at Malik Willis. I don't know that they're convinced that he's going to be the guy. Uh, we saw him play some last year. Wasn't really that impressive. Um, now, again, I'm not ready to throw the talent on Willis, but right. they 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 see him every single day in practice, and and it feels like to me that maybe they're not convinced that he's the guy. Right. The only problem is if you trade up to three, like if you can't get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, I wouldn't take Richardson or Will Levis. Like I don't think they're worth it. I don't know that they're going to be that much better than Malik Willis. So like if you can get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young and say, you know what, we've got our quarterback for the next, next decade, then maybe. But if you're going up there to get Richardson or Levis, who both could end up being good, but you know, their projects, I think, or, or I don't want to say project, but, but a lot of potential there, I wouldn't risk that for, for Levis or Richardson. But if you could get Stroud or Young, then maybe I might consider doing something like that because I think both of those guys are can't misses. And that then you make a valid point. And the thing uh, also is you might not have to trade up to three to get those guys. <laughs> you might not have to trade that far up to get those guys because there's yeah. a lot of people in that top 10 that are looking for primary defense. Yeah. You know, you have these top corners. You still have Jalen Carter out there, Will Anderson. Um, like, for instance, Arizona doesn't need a quarterback. Seattle, I don't think they're going to take a quarterback this year. Um, the Bears, 
they're not going to take a quarterback this year. And it's another team I believe is in there. I can't think of who they are right now. The Eagles, I know they're one ahead of you. They're definitely not going to take a quarterback this year. So if they're really interested in one of those guys, then you might not have to trade up so far up. And then I also agree with you that, they, you know, Anthony Richardson will love us maybe just as much as a project as a Malik Willis. But any other thoughts on this, uh, K-Walk or Jay? Nah, just uh, I know we may touch on this, but just the recently uh, released mock draft of Todd McShay that you know it sounds like it's going to that uh, if if everything holds up to fruition there, there's going to be some shakeups in that top three for for sure. So maybe uh, the Titans are hearing the same thing that you know Todd McShay is hearing. Um, I'm not going to go into it because you know we may touch on it a little bit, but yeah, I, I can see that if they if they make that move then uh, meaning the uh, the Titans, then they have to get they have to take a quarterback and like Jay mentioned. Like Jay mentioned, um, well, I'm high on one guy. Again, I don't want to get you know, I don't want to tip my hand right now, but I'm yeah, high go on ahead, one guy. Walk, I, yeah, you, you never yeah. know how it's gonna right. play out. Say what you right. need to say. Yeah, I like I'm really high on on um on Anthony Richardson. I, I re, I'm really mm-hmm. high on him, um uh for sure. So uh what's gonna happen there, and that's the rumors that um they're they're saying is that the Colts are looking to trade up to get to that third spot so they can draft Anthony Richardson. So I think the Titans are hearing that. And I, I think it's a no-brainer that uh, Stroud and, and 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 Young go 1-2. Uh, it's just a matter of who can get um, get up there and get three, uh, get uh, Richardson third. And then Levis, of course, he's, uh, from what I'm seeing, he's going to fall back a little bit because of all the, the teams behind him or in between. They, they have other needs. So um, it's going to be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, man, Richardson is so interesting because he could be yeah. a huge hit. Yeah, but it feels a little risky for me. And I think Hendon Hooker too has has moved into I'll the first him, yeah. round as well. Mm-hmm. So like that's a guy that was super productive on yeah. the field. So you know maybe getting Hendon Hooker a little bit later might not be a, a bad play either. So yeah, yeah it's going to be really interesting for sure. I actually heard the Saints. I know the Saints just signed um, David Carr, but I heard the Saints were interested in Hendon Hooker. So I mean yeah. David Carr is getting older, so we'll see how he plays. But that's, that's going to be interesting. This this NFL draft is definitely going to be yeah. interesting. But let's move on to the NBA, guys, because it's what? Playoff time. I should say play in first and then playoffs because we only have about four games less left on most NBA schedules. So what I want to talk about first is these L.A. Lakers. They just don't want to go away, do they? They don't want to go away. Come on now. Go away. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but they are currently – the seventh seed in the Western Conference. They have won 15 of their last 22 games since they acquired all their new players, D'Angelo Russell, Ray, uh, Harry, I don't know how to say his name, guys, uh, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Are the Lakers a legit contender? Okay, welcome. I'm going to come to you first. Uh, yeah, I think you have to. I know. Wow, this is totally contradicted you when i said when it went um when because they were like what 13th or somewhere somewhere around there forget where they were at when when all these trades happened and then lebron went down um I, contenders i don't see them as contenders I, I think at the end of the day they'll still be uh the, the lakers I, I think they have the potential for all the names that you mentioned um lebron is back earlier than a lot of people thought he would be back uh ad is is playing you know um consistent ball and then all those other surrounding pieces as well as playing and the record speaks for uh as well and they moved up from what 
you know, they were like two games, three games, or um, out of the play-in game, just the last play-in game, and now yeah. they're seven seed. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. So to answer the question, I, I'll say yeah, I'll, I'll say yes because they're. I think they're they're getting hot at the right time. It's um, almost playoffs uh, time, and that's when you want to get hot. Uh, so I'm gonna. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Yeah, they are definitely getting hot at the right time. Um, they seem to be healthy. I know Anthony Davis had another scare the last game. Um, he was grabbing at his ankle, so hopefully he could hold on there. Um, I don't know if they're contenders. I'm not sure if I believe it just yet. <laughs> First of all, we got to make sure they stay healthy long enough. Uh, but I definitely think they're scary. I think those are one of those teams. They're becoming that team, or they are that team that if you're not careful, they're going to beat you. And next thing you know, they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals some way, somehow. Uh, we know, of course, how talented they are because they have LeBron, because they have Anthony Davis, um, because they now have D'Angelo Russell. But I think he just got hurt, so I'm not sure if he's playing in the next game as well. I don't know if they play tonight or not. Uh, but – injuries are a serious, serious situation with this team. So I don't think they're contenders yet. They're on the verge of it. But I think they are that team that if you're not careful, they will beat you, of course. But, Jay, what are your thoughts? Do you think the Lakers are legit contenders? You know what? I think they are. I I, I really do. Uh, you know, if you got LeBron and AD, right, I mean, you're, you're in the mix. And they found yep. a way to get themselves back into the playoff picture. And here's the thing. Like, we look at the West and we're like, man, the West is crazy. There's a lot of great teams, going to be great matchups. But do any one of the teams in the West feel unbeatable? Like, I, there's not a team in the West that you're like, oh, that these guys are just unbeatable. Right? I feel like anyone could win any of those series mm -hmm. matchups. So if you look at it that way, I think you got to give the Lakers a chance. I mean, if, if they match up against Memphis, like, do you really? I, I think they could beat Memphis. So, I mean, right. I, I think they're a contender just because there's a whole bunch of good teams in the West, but I don't know if any of the teams in the West are what I would consider a great team. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say they're a contender for sure. Follow-up question. Jay, this is directed towards you. Yep. Would the Lakers beat Phoenix? I don't think so. I think Phoenix just has too much. You know, do you know KD? Somebody <laughs> threw a stat out the other day. In his last 25 games, this is including like when he was on the Nets, he is 23 and 2 over his last 25 games that KD has been on the floor. I mean, when this guy plays, he wins. So I, I like Phoenix over the Lakers for sure. Me too. I just wanted to ask you a question. All right, guys. Next one. All right, so now we're going to get into the Dallas Mavericks. I know last week we tried to talk about it a little bit. We ran out of some time. But I figured why not talk about this week because this has been crazy. So the Dallas Mavericks are currently 11th seed in the Western Conference in one game out of the play-in tournament. They're behind OKC in the standings. Why have Dallas fallen that so far behind? <laughs> like, why have they fallen so far behind? And who do you think is to blame for this? Is it Kyrie Irving? Is it Luca? Is it someone else? Like, what is going on here? Jay, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Oh, man, Brent. I, I wish I had the answer. Uh, like, who do you put the blame on? Like, I, I guess Kyrie is like an easy target because it feels like when he got there, everything fell apart. But I'm not so sure it's really all Kyrie's fault. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's I, I think it just boils down to this. They, they don't they don't play defense. 
And mm-hmm. as we get down to the end of the season where every game counts, you got to play, you got to be able to do it on both ends. And they got some great guys offensively that can score the basketball. But if you're going to turn around and give it right back up on the other end, I mean, it's almost worthless. And then I'll say this about Luca for as good as Luca is, and I know everybody loves him. I, I don't love his style of basketball. I just don't know that that's winning basketball, to pound the ball, pound the ball late into the shot clock and either take a, a difficult three or pass it to someone with three, four seconds left and, and see if they can make a shot. Like That just doesn't feel like winning basketball to me. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things, Britt, but at the end of the day, I guess I'll say defensively, they're just not good enough on, on a night in and night out basis. Yeah, no, they're absolutely not good enough on a night in, night out. It's absolutely, I know I've said it prior to the, uh, uh, when the trade was made. I think K Walk said it when the trade was made. They don't have enough defense. Jay, I can't remember if you said it or not, but I'm pretty sure you was in agreement with that <laughs> uh, situation. Um, they're eight and 16 since the Kyrie Irving trade. Their record is now 37 to 42. They have no defense. Um, and that's basically the main reason why they fall behind. They could score the ball, absolutely score it in any way they would like to, but they can't stop. And that's not good when you are going up against a team that can at least slow you down. It's so hard to clearly defend Kyrie Irving and Luka because what they could do on the offensive side of the ball, but you could at least slow them down a little bit. And when teams are able to do that or they say, hey, you know what, let's take it out of this person's hands, let's take it out of that person's hands and make the other players around you beat us, they can't do it. They cannot get it done. Um, but who's to blame for this? I don't think it's Kyrie Irving. I don't think it's Luca. I think it's that GM. This is something you should know. You know, this is something that you're supposed to pay attention to, supposed to scout, um, whatever you need to do. When you review tape, you should understand Luca does not play defense. Neither does Kyrie Irving. And some of the players that you traded away to get these guys, they play some defense. Um, but you should have looked for more two-way players, and they just did not do that. You're, you still got to give Luca more help. But, K-Walk, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You stole my answer, Britt, to be honest with you. I was going to put it on the GM. I mean, you had to know what type of styles because when, when this um, when this trade first took place, everyone and their mother who knows basketball and, you know, um, understood that this these two guys didn't go well together. They're, they're ball-dominant basketball players. Jay alluded to it. Luca has that uh that 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 offensive game that he dribbles until you know there's three seconds left to go on the on the, on the, uh, the shot clock and he's passing it off uh, to whomever, whether it be Kyrie or, or someone else. And, and you know three seconds to get off of a shot is you know unless you're wide open, it, it's hard to uh, to knock down. So I, I'm going to say um, I'm going to agree with you uh, on this one, Britt. Um, I was going to say mm-hmm. the same exact thing. They had to have done their due diligence um, in order to know that this that these two guys weren't going to work. You already knew your team and what type of identity you had, and you know Kyrie somewhat. I think Kyrie individually can play good defense. He does. He has shown it, but I don't think this team meshes well. Um, you know, as from playing team defense um, because he had those individuals uh, there like Luca. I mean, you have some other guys as well, but as a team, they don't play well. You knew what your identity was, GM. Um, it said, said, um, but still, you brought this guy in, and, and it didn't work. Eight and sixteen is a, is uh, is a rough uh, record to have. 
and you fell down to what 11 right now. So you're not even you're out of the you know the play in game, um, and this is rough. And then I heard rumors that they're talking about shutting both of these guys down for the rest of the season. So that's what's going to make it make the GM look even worse. So yeah, I'm going to see the GM. I'm going to make I'm going to see the GM. Man. They're only like one game out like, of ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're but ready Jay, to shut but, it down. Hey, but Jay, I know that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're talking about shutting it down, that's right? Crazy. Hmm. Yeah, that's Jay, especially. Still, go ahead. I'm sorry, Britt, but Jay, this is still your line. I guess they recognize a sinking ship when they see one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, a small that's right Yeah, now. that's yeah. that's crazy because if you look at OKC's schedule, the last remaining games, they have some tough te- uh, tough teams mm-hmm. that you have to go up against, um, and then. Uh, the Mavs, their their schedule is not as difficult, so they could potentially still sneak into that uh, Tim C. But if you're already giving up, then I know for sure they're not going to sneak into anything. Yeah. You know, the organization then gave up. But all right, guys, let's move on. Uh, I want to get into a different segment, guys, because um, I always see everywhere we look. You know, Shaq post them. There are former NBA players, current NBA players. They always post this stuff. What happened if I was paired with these two players versus these three guys? So I want to call this three on three. So I'm going to give you two teams, three (laughs) players on each team. You tell me which team you think will win. Some are easy. What the obvious most likely to you guys and others might be like, uh, I don't know. First one, you're going to go Hakeem Halajawan, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard is on one team versus – Shaq, AI, and Michael Jordan's on the other team. <laughs> Jay, I'm gonna come to you first. Okay, what would like him to think about it a little bit? No, nah, I'm good. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be hard for me to pick against any team that has MJ on it. So if right. you're giving me MJ and Shaq, I mean, that yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, and AI. I mean, not you know, <laughs> AI is gonna be great as well, but. MJ, Shaq, and whoever, I feel like they're going to win. So I, that that's an easy one. I, I give me MJ, Shaq, and AI for sure. Okay, well, yeah, I concur. When you, when you first when you first said Elijah, when I'm like, all right, who's she going to pair up with Elijah? One, I like I'm going Elijah one, Team Elijah one. But then when you mentioned MJ and and Shaq and AI on this, that's a no brainer for me. Yeah, definitely. I'm not going to try to you know try to make it an argument. It's it's a no brainer for me. So. Team for all those basketball fans out there, you see how they just disregard AI like he wasn't one of the <laughs> best guards in the history of the game. How, how disrespectful. Not you, K-Walk. It was primarily oh, oh, oh. Jay. No, it was I, was, I, was, Jay I, I was just stuff. saying. It was like, you got Shaq and MJ. Oh, you I mean, AI is great. I was just saying, you could have <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. threw oh, yeah, Muggsy yeah. Bogues in there. I'm going to get AI on this daggone show. I'm going to get AI on this show. Some way, somehow, those who are watching this, if you know AI, you share this video. Share this video. AI. Tag him in this video, okay? Because we got to get him on this show. And the disrespect he gets from one of the other two. I love AI. I got him okay? right behind Isaiah Thomas. I, I need for him to talk on this show, all right? All right, guys, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> you didn't pick up what Jay just said, did you? I heard him. I heard him. Yeah, most people, most basketball wow, fans Jay. looking at you with a side eye. Like, you crazy. Wow, um, but all right. 
So, and of course, I want with Shaq, Michael Jordan, and AI look. Hakeem Olajuwon, KD on that team would be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But I think just Michael Jordan. I said Michael Jackson, by the way. Y'all didn't even catch that. But Michael Jordan's um, both are the greatest. Just his, just his will, just his tenacity is just ridiculous. Um, next one, we got Magic Johnson. If you guys need to write it down, let me know. Yeah, I'm ready. Magic it down. Johnson, Dirk <laughs> Nowitzki. So Magic's the point. Dirk's the center. Tracy McGrady versus we have LeBron James. I'm put him at the point if you want to point forward. Joel Embiid at the center. Larry Bird as the wing. Who you got winning this one? K Walk, I'm coming to you first. All right. So you said you said Magic and Magic Dirk and who's the third one? I'm sorry, I didn't write it. Tracy down. McGrady. T Mac. T Mac was a player. I'm sorry. One more, one more time with the second team. I should have read this. Se- no, second team was LeBron, Joel, and Larry Bird. Joel and B and Larry Bird. Gotcha. <laughs> Why you do that to my man Magic? Why you do that to my man Magic? Why you put him with dirt? Um. Yeah, I'm gonna give it team LeBron here. I'm gonna go team LeBron uh with Joel. You got a big man. The uh team magic doesn't really have a big man there. Dirk is more of a stretch five, stretch four guy. I think Joel will kill him down low. I think that's be the matchup there. And then you got Larry Bird, T Mac probably can do some work on the on Larry. Uh Magic, he didn't play any defense in his day, and it's yeah, it, I I'm going team LeBron here. Team LeBron. Jay, who you got? Yeah, I'm with K-Walk. You got to go team LeBron here. I don't think Magic can guard LeBron. I don't think Dirk can guard Joel. And Larry, Larry's Larry. Like You, you might yeah. say he's not quick, he's not, but he's going to get a shot off. So, yeah, I got team LeBron here all the way. Nobody wanted to go with team Dirk. Dirk. He was the center one. Okay. Nah. All right, all right. Um, but I'm not going to disagree with you guys on this one. Oh, exactly. LeBron, Joel, and Larry Bird. I just think you have look, Tracy is Tracy McGrady is my guy. I love Tracy McGrady. Um, I think he was one of the toughest wings to guard in the ni- 90s, early 2000s. He is so underrated, it makes no sense how much yep. underrated he is. We already know magic, and then Dirk to me was one of the best um big men during his time. I'm not going to say in the history of the game, but definitely during his time, for sure. It's the reason why he's a Hall of Famer, current Hall of Famer, wherever he is. Um, but they're not beaten. Joel Embiid is like a young version of Hakeem Halal, Jamon. That's that's his mentor. That's who he studied since he was young. Larry Bird is the trash talker of all trash talkers, and he played defense, and he will score right in your face. And we already know what LeBron is about. Next one. we have I got uh, three more. Wilk Chamberlain. Dr. J, Steph Curry. So Wilt is your big man. Dr. J is your wing. Steph is your point guard. Versus Bill Russell, your big man. I'll put him back in this. All right, we'll take it. Bill Russell is your big man. LeBron James is your wing. Isaiah Thomas is your point. You talk about Isaiah Thomas, Mm. Jay. Mm. uh, LeBron got to be in here twice. He ain't that good. I, I, I meant to take him out of that, but I, I forgot, guys. My apologies. So, unless you come up with a quick wing real quick, I'll change it. But, Jay, who you got? Which team do you have? This is a good one, Britt. This is the hardest one so far for me. 
but I think I think I'm gonna go Russell, LeBron, and Isaiah. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah, it's it's a tough call. I mean, it really is because. <clears throat> Man, shoot. I don't know, Britt. I might change my mind here. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go Russell, LeBron, and Isaiah, but I don't have a good reason. It's it's that close. Okay, Walk, I'll let you be the tiebreaker. All right, so yeah. for me, uh-huh. I'm going to go with Wilt, Dr. J, Ooh. and <clears throat> Steph Curry. Um, this is very tough. Um, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell has had some great competitive yeah. moments. Um, I'm gonna give it to Wilt, not by much, but just by the edge, by 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 a smidget of an edge. Bills has the championships; he had the better teams. But yeah. Wilt, he could play. Doctor J, to me, I don't know how he's still underrated to this day, but he is underrated. Um, primary because he played in the ABA, so people by the time he got to the NBA, he was older. But look at his ABA highlights. Um, there's a reason why he is the mentor or he was Michael Jordan's, one of Michael Jordan's favorite players when he was growing up. And Steph Curry, I mean, he's the greatest shooter we have ever seen in the history of the daggone NBA. I do not know how Isaiah Thomas will ever guard Steph Curry. I don't. Now, Steph Curry also doesn't play defense. Yeah, I don't think but, he can guard Isaiah either. <laughs> right. But Isaiah <laughs> Thomas is also not as good of a shooter as a Steph Curry. So that's the other thing. But K-Walk, who are you going with? Yeah, it's definitely a tiebreaker. Yeah, it's definitely a tiebreaker. Uh, so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with Jay here, and I'm going to go with Russ, LeBron, and Isaiah. I think that's um, you, you can. I mean, it's a, it's a great argument either way, either way. But I think the difference here is probably LeBron. Um, no disrespect to Dr. J. I just think he's just a little bit more physical than Dr. Dr. Doc was. I think um, on both ends of the court, when especially down low, because it's not a fast break game. It won't be a fast break game. So um, I'll take uh, – I think Dr. J was a better in the open court. LeBron is pretty good too, but I think better – he's better there. That's the difference with me right there is LeBron and Dr. J. So I'll go Team uh, team Russ here. <clears throat> I'm going with Will all day. Okay. Day. <laughs> it's a great argument either way. It's a great uh, argument yeah. either way. But <clears throat> next one. All right, two more guys, and then we'll move on. We have Moses Malone is your big man. Ray Allen is your wing because he can play the three. He was a three. Steve Nash is your playmaker. He's your point. Versus David Robinson, the admiral, is your big man. Reggie Miller is your wing. So you got Ray Allen, the wing on the other side. Reggie Miller, the wing on this That's side. Tough. John Stockton mm. is your point guard. Two playmakers between him and Steve Nash. Who you got? Let's see who I want to go with first. Da, 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 da. Jay, I'm going to come back to you first. All right. Um, I think I'm going Robinson, Reggie, and Stockton. Uh, I think Stockton's probably a little bit better than Nash. I think Reggie's probably a little bit better than Ray Allen. I don't know if I would say David Robinson's better than Moses Malone, but I feel like you know, it's a push. Maybe Moses is a little bit better, but I, I'm going to take Robinson, Reggie, and Stockton. I think that's the better team. This time I'm going to have K-Walk go next. Yeah, I have to agree with Jay on this one, man. Um, I know Steve Nash was a two-time MVP, back-to-back. Ray Allen was a dagger, probably the prettiest-looking shot in yeah. the game as far as form goes. Moses, I don't know. I think it's a wash. I'm gonna go with yeah. I'm gonna go with team at the team Admiral here. I'm gonna take David Robinson, Reggie Miller, 
and John Stockton. And I'm not high on John Stockton at all, but I just think that uh, David Robinson, Reggie Miller is a better combination than Moses and uh, and uh, and Ray Allen. <clears throat> now it's up to me to make it unanimous, or do I want to throw some salt onto bring it? it bring see. it on home, Britt. Bring Let's it home. See. Steve Nash versus John Stockton. I mean, both playmakers is a reason why <laughs> they're Hall of Famers, of course. Um, I don't even know who I would give my edge to because um, John Stockton with those Carl Malone days was amazing. Yeah. The Jazz, Steve Nash, when he primarily to me, when he played in Phoenix, <clears throat> I thought he played fantastic with um, Amari Stoudemire. I might give it to John Stockton on that one. Reggie Miller versus Ray Allen. Now, Ray Allen, I'm pretty sure the Miami Heat days with that last second shot, K-Walk was happy about that, but it Indeed. still to this day does not beat that eight points and eight freaking seconds. That makes no sense. So I'm going to give Reggie a, uh, 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 you know, what I'm trying to say. Slight edge on that one. Thank you. Okay. Slight edge on that one. <laughs> Moses Malone, David Robinson. Now, that was the hard one. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to give Moses a slight edge. I think he's a lot more physical, a lot more of a banger in your face. Um, but David Robinson is no one to, to sneeze at. Like, he was a player, too. Um, but because I got two to one, I'm going to make this unanimous, and I'm going to go with David Robinson's team, primarily because of the wing and the guard. Last how one. Tall, how tall was Moses? Like, Six, 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 nine, six, six ten. Yeah, I thought I'm thinking six. I don't six, know. Ten. I'm okay. not sure. That's something I gotta look at. Rick, yeah, pull that up, Jeff. That pull might be up. a tough <laughs> matchup. That might be a <laughs> tough matchup because the admiral's tall. Yeah, seven weeks, seven one. But Moses <clears throat> was very, very, right, very. So physical. Moses was six ten. He feels like a short six ten to me. He don't feel like a long six ten. Mm-hmm. But, but Moses is physical yeah he could be short but he was physical yeah um, he's, he's a banger of bodies on nba court i'm <laughs> 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 wording guys i gotta work on my wording because it just don't go well a lot of times um next one we're gonna move on <laughs> last one yeah carl malone the mailman as the big man then we got the truth paul pierce as your wing and then we have Russell Westbrook as your point guard. Triple, double, current king, current king. Versus mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing as your big man. Carmelo Anthony as your wing. And Oscar Robinson, Robertson as your point guard. Who you got one in this? K-Walk, I'm coming to you first. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't I'm gonna go team Ewing here. I don't think Carmelone could mess with him uh on either side. So uh what Carmelone was like six eight, six nine. Patrick was like seven foot, seven one, somewhere around there. So I'm gonna give the edge there to uh to, to Patrick. Uh the truth versus Carmelo. Ah that's a good one. They call him the truth for a reason. Uh Melo was in, in his Prime Mello was pretty Mello, decent, yeah. man. Mello yeah. was pretty decent in his prime. Ah, I'm gonna give this slight edge to Car- Carmelo here, and Russell Westbrook and Oscar Robinson are just a wash for me. So, with that being said, I'm going Team Ewing here. Team Ewing, Russell Westbrook and Oscar Robinson is not a wash. I well, still think I mean, Oscar from, Robinson from, is the better okay. player. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you can score a little bit better. Um, 
Oh, that means I got to go next. Man, I wanted to be the unanimous person or not. But, oh, man, this is not easy. Um, I think for me, the difference is probably the Carmelo Anthony and the Paul Pierce ones for me. Um, both fantastic players, but I just feel like when Carmelo Anthony catches fire, if those who can remember in his prime, he does not mm-hmm. miss for nothing. And Paul Pierce, when he shoot, he was a great shooter as well. But I think Carmelo Anthony had him a little bit by this much. Paul Pierce kind of had that old man's game. Um, he wasn't fast, but he could get you into these yeah. weird positions where it's to his advantage. Um, that's why he's called the truth. Um, but I'm going to go with Patrick Ewing, Carmelo Anthony, and Oscar Robinson as well. That's not as – it's not as easy as I thought. Because I'm sitting here thinking mm-hmm. of the Carmelo Malone thing and the things that Carmelo Malone was able to do on that offensive side of the ball also. Um, Patrick Ewing is a fantastic player, Hall of Fame player. But I think there's a reason why Carl Malone was – what at one, he's third now, I believe, on the points all-time score. So. He got pushed third back now, for yeah. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with my team. But Jay, you gonna make it unanimous, or you going the other way? Yeah, no, I'm gonna make it unanimous. I like all three guys on Team Ewing more than the other three. I like I like Pat Ewing. I like Mello over Paul Pierce, and I like Oscar over Westbrook as well. So it's a pretty easy one for me. I'm going Team Ewing here. All right, all right. So all right, guys. Um, we just gonna do a rule or no rule. I think I'm gonna save that one for next week. We're gonna save that one for next week. Um, <clears throat> Kind of running a little bit on my on my segment time here, but definitely keep that one in for those who are watching for next week. We're going to definitely do rule and no rule, but in that case, please before we head into break, I'm going to ask you again: please subscribe, share, like, comment um, to our YouTube channel, The Sideline Speaks. Again, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify as well. We would really appreciate your support. We are slowly but surely um, growing growing but you guys are listening to the sideline speaks with myself Brittany jones alongside jason collins and kevin walker right here on never had it so good sports media network campliman.com it's an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work let's put it all together but we built from the ground up you know our cliche is it all starts up front once again start stance hand placement hand separation get offs counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. All right, welcome back to the Sideline Speaks. Brittany Jones, Kevin Walker, and Jason Collins. Let's stay on the basketball talk, guys. We talked a little bit about, you know, playoffs are coming up uh, earlier in the show. So I want you guys to make a bold prediction. We're going to do one bold prediction for the Western Conference, one bold prediction for the Eastern Conference. Something something bold, guys. Don't 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 tell me like you know something that's obvious. Okay, <laughs> give me something bold, something unpredictable, something that maybe people don't think is going to happen. Let's start in the West. Britt, I'll start with you. Give me a bold prediction for the Western Conference playoffs. 
Jay, I'm gonna actually have to change minds now because you said you alluded to minds earlier, and I'm like, crap. That's now all right. That's it. okay. But minds was <laughs> if the seating stays as is after the play-in tournament, then I was gonna say the Lakers will beat the Grizzlies in the playoffs mm-hmm. to advance to the second round. For some reason, I really do believe that was will happen. I don't know if it's obvious or not. I think it's still kind of bold to say that. Um, I just think I don't know. I just don't have faith in the Grizzlies right now. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't. Yeah, that counts. That's bold, Britt. We're kind of we're kind of on the same same wavelength here, Britt. I, I mine's about the Lakers too. I just went a little bit further. Mine is that the Lakers are going to make it to the conference final. So I, I got the Lakers going all the way to the Western Conference final. Okay, Walt, give me something bold. Let me erase this, man. <laughs> so let me erase that one. But um, uh, I have a backup player, man. Um, so let's let's see. Is this bold, though? I don't know if this is bold, but I'm going to say it anyway. I hope it's, I hope it's bold to you guys. I want to say the Kings – are going to be playing in the NBA Finals. The oh, Sacramento wow. no, Kings will be in the that's NBA Finals. Very bold. That's bold. Okay. All right. So I'm going with the Kings <laughs> to, win, to win the West. Wow. That was the best one in my opinion. Yeah, that's yeah. the most <laughs> bold statement we've heard tonight. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. My backup one was I had the Warriors losing in round one. I don't know how bold okay. that is considering that they haven't been great right. this year, but that, that was my backup. All right, let's go to the East. Okay, Walk, I'll start with you this time. What, what you got in the East? Some, give me something bold in the East. I have two here. Which one am I feeling more? Because it's kind of like 1A. One, one um, bold. Bold. All right, I'm gonna stay consistent here. The New York Knickerbockers will make the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. New York Knickerbockers will make the Eastern Conference Finals. That's my boy. That was that was my backup one. So we okay. were, we were on the same page with that. Britt, what you got for the East? Um. I, actually, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna change this a little bit. Um. This is very bold, <laughs> I think. But in a play-in. We're going to have, I think it's the loser of the 7 8 seed versus the winner of the 9 10 seed. Mm-hmm. I have the Bulls beating the Heat to get into the playoffs. Oh, oh. So K walks Heat on the outside looking in. Yes. Actually, I can yes. see that. I can Man. actually see that. Yeah. Man, okay. That's real. Don't know if it happened, but it is. It's, yeah, it's no, bold. that's, that's, bold. that's bold. Both teams have been struggling. Yeah, that's bold. Man, I hate to say this one, but this is this is my this was one of the ones I had down. Nice. I got the Sixers losing oh. in the first round. I got the Sixers oh, wow. losing in the first round. They just feel a little bit off to me for some reason. I don't know why. I'm not sure what it is. Injury I got them losing in the first round. So that's my my bold prediction for the East. Injury is one heck of a drug. <laughs> it is. It's funny because every team, you know, at the wrong dag on yeah. time. Like, yeah, every team is just one, one play play. away from, <laughs> from you know, derailing their whole season. Um, right. All right, guys. I saw this on TikTok. Uh, a couple guys were talking about it. They were talking <clears> about an NBA one-on-one <throat> games, 
And they they were asking about Kyrie and Steph. And I, I thought their conversation was super interesting. Who would win a one-on-one game between Kyrie and Steph? So I said, let me bring this to the show and see what you guys think. And then I added a couple more as well. Uh, but let's start with that one, Britt. Kyrie and Steph in a one-on-one yeah. game. Who you got? Um, this is actually tough for me. One on one, so no screen setting. One on one. One on one. I think Steph is the best shooter in the history of this game. Um, and it took me a long time to 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 finally say that. A very long time. Um, I didn't want to take it away from Reggie Miller. I didn't want to take it from Ray Allen. I didn't want to take it away from Larry Bird, but he is officially the best, and you have to guard him from the time he wakes up. But Kyrie will put you in a pan and stir fry the heck out of you. He will have you spinning in all types of ways. Um, And when he is hot, he is hot. I'm going to give it to Kyrie. I'm going to say Kyrie Irving. One-on-one. One-on-one. I think Steph's type of game, and he could dribble too. I just don't think he has handles like Kyrie does and the type of shots that Kyrie Irving takes. Um, And I think Steph, he's really great coming off that screen. I'm going with Kyrie. This this is hard. This it's one tough. is really hard. <laughs> this one is hard. One. It's tough. K. Wall, who but I'm got? I'm giving with Kyrie. Yeah, I have to agree with Britt. Um, again, I don't know what's going on with the planets are lined up uh, wrong, but we, we were on the same page for some reason or another tonight. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with That's Kyrie. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like what she what, what Britt alluded to. Um, I just think you know Steph without that screen. Him running off of those screens, Draymond pass, giving him the ball. I think he's a different type of player. I know he has a handle. We know he can get um, you know, he he has that shot, but I think um he, I think Kyrie's better at creating his own shot one-on-one than Steph is. I think Steph relies again, relies more on uh the screens than Kyrie does. And I I kind of uh touched on a little bit. I think Kyrie can play some I think Kyrie can play a little bit better defense. He can play defense when he wants to play defense to be honest with you. I've watched this guy. He can actually play defense. Steph just doesn't I don't know if it's not in his game. He just chooses not to activate the defensive aspect of his game, <laughs> but it's just not there for him. So I'm going to take Kyrie for everything I just said and and a couple of things that Britton alluded to as well. well. I do agree. Kyrie, when he wants to play defense, he has mm-hmm. shown he could shut down some players. So mm-hmm. um, some star players he has shown that again. So mm-hmm. that's another reason. Yeah. Valid point. Yeah. I, I actually I'm with you guys here. I, I think Kyrie can get the shot that he probably wants to get a little easier than Steph would be able to get the shot that he wants to get. So I'm going to take Kyrie as well. All right, oh, shot by that one. Yeah, no, I, I in a one on one game, I, I Kyrie's tough one on one. He's tough, so I, I gotta take Kyrie. Kate Walt got it. He started <laughs> laughing. He was like, She's being smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's go, Dr. J versus KD. Dr. J, as you alluded to earlier, Britt, he's underrated. People, you know, when we hear these mm-hmm. conversations about the greatest of all time, the top 10 list, stuff like that. Doc, Doc's name really doesn't come up a whole lot. Uh, but in a one-on-one game, K-Walk, who you got? KD, the Slim Reaper, one of the greatest scorers we've ever known. Where are you going with the doctor? 
And we putting Doc in some bad situations <laughs> here, man, tonight. Um, I'm just going back. So you got him lined up against LeBron earlier. Now we got him lined up against KD. Um, so I'm sorry, Doc, if you're listening, man. But I'm going to go with KD because of his length. Um, I know I, I know Doc probably could run through him all day long, but I just think that um, KD can shoot over him all day long as well. So um, this is not a close one by any – I mean, this is not a, um, a no-brainer for me. This is definitely a close one. I thought about this one, ladies and gentlemen. And the only thing that I can say that the differences between the two is KD's length. So I'm going to uh, – I think KD's game is, is um, a lot better than Dr. J's half-court game. We're talking half-court here, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> At least yeah. I hope we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm with you. I'm, I'm taking KD, too, just because I think offensively he just has a lot more in his game than Doc Doc had in his game. So just in a one-on-one game, I just think KD can get any shot that he wants. So I'm going to take KD. Britt, what say you? Who gets the ball first? I would give it to Doc first. I, I don't think it is matters, it, but give it, it to Doc it, first. Is it make it and make take it? Make it take it. Make it take it. All right, but see, the thing is, if Doc was driving to the rim and doing rock the cradle and all that stuff, um, I would give it to Doc. But eventually, he's going to shoot that ball. So, and that's where he's going to miss. <laughs> he wasn't the best outside shooter. He was yeah. not the best outside shooter. Um, he could shoot it a little bit, but, you know, we know, like K Walker alluded to, he's a fast break type of guy. He's strong. He'll drive to the rim, create a lot of different uh, uh, shots in that post. He had big hands and he could defend. He could defend. Um, too, but Katie's length will create a problem, and he's a good one-on-one player. He'll get his shot off for sure. So I gotta go with Katie. All right, <laughs> man, we're just agreeing all over the place tonight. All right, um, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> how about uh, Scotty Pippen and Giannis? So another old school, new school one. Scotty Pippen, one of K Walk's five best of all time, or on K Walk's starting five of all time. Yes. I, should, yes. I should say it mm-hmm. like that. Giannis, who has just been a force over the last several years. Britt, who you got winning that one on one matchup? Giannis or one Scotty? on one? One on one. I, I got Scotty winning that one. Um, I think Scotty's a better all around player. <clears throat> Scotty could shoot the ball, he could dribble the ball, he could play very, very good defense. Very good defense. You give it to Giannis. If Giannis can't run through you, and I don't think he will be able to do that with a Scottie Pippen. If he can't run through you, he's going to struggle. Um, because as we know, Giannis is the most aggressive player to play in the NBA. Um, I know some people say he's the most dominant player. He can be, yes, but he's very, very aggressive. But we, as we know, he struggles with his shooting. To this day, he struggles with that outside shot. Um, and I think Scotty is strong enough to take him. But on a reverse, I think Giannis will cause some issues with Scotty with his length defensively, because Giannis is mm-hmm. long. Yep. But I think Scotty has the handles to take him. So I gotta go. And he has the outside shot. So I gotta go with Scotty. I'm still deciding, K Walk. So I want to hear what you have to say. Because I, I agree with what Britt just said. I think Giannis's length could be a problem, but I, I want to see what you think, K Walk. 
I'm just looking behind me to see if I had any of my notes up here, right here, my screen, because Brittany just read my notes dang near verbatim. Um, yeah, so with that being said, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Britt and I are on the same page. Um, I'm going with Pitt, but I, for everything that Britt said, I mean, there's literally in my notes, because I know, right? Making sure the, <laughs> the earth's not falling. Tornadoes are coming around. Maybe we, got right. Maybe we got the snow in California. Brittany and Kevin are, are, are agreeing. So it's, uh, the, line, the planets are definitely not lined up, ladies and gentlemen, the right way. But um, anywho, um, yeah, for everything Brittany just mentioned, I just think that um, uh, Pip's all-around game, his defense, um, I have him on my all-defense team. I have him in my top five starting. I have him in my top ten all time. So um, so with that being said, I, I, I got to go with Pip. Man. I don't want to sound uh, redundant, uh, especially after uh, Britt just mentioned everything that I had in my notes. So I'm going Pip here. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree. I'm going to go Scotty as well. Uh, I, I do think it'd be close because I think Giannis's length, his ability to defend, I'm not sure Scotty would have an easy time scoring. No, definitely wouldn't be easy. Giannis, right. But I think the reverse is probably true as well. Giannis, you know, I, I don't know that he would have an easy time scoring on Scotty either. So I'm going to take Scotty in a close one. I'm going to skip, skip down to this one. What about. Um, Let's do let's do LeBron versus Kawhi. Let's do LeBron versus Kawhi. That's a, that's a good matchup, you know. Kawhi he's going to play some tough defense, one on one game. Okay, walk. I'm gonna start with you here. Who you got? LeBron versus Kawhi. All right, is is Kawhi going to be healthy? Is healthy, his key card going to be working? Healthy, I mean, Kawhi. is he going to show up? The Spurs, the Spurs, and Toronto Raptors, Kawhi. <laughs> Yeah, I got you guys. I was just trying to just throw a little joke in there because I can't, I just don't know what kind of Kawhi you're going to get. But um, if you're talking about Kawhi, uh, that's the uh, even the the Toronto Raptors Kawhi, I'll put that of and uh, Bron his and his uh, prime. So with that being said, I took LeBron here. I, I took LeBron. I just think you have to go with LeBron. I, I know that Kawhi can play defense, but but I think uh, LeBron has a good enough outside shot um, mm-hmm. to, to knock him down consistently. And I think he can get past Le- uh, Kawhi. And I also think he can get through Kawhi um, as well. Um, but LeBron can play some – some solid defense. If he gets beat, you know, we know he, he has some great, um, you know, makeup uh, speed um, and, you know, to track him down. If I know it's one-on-one, but still, you can still get beat uh, to the basket in one-on-one. So I'm taking LeBron uh, for sure on this one. Yeah, I'm taking LeBron as well. Um, I feel like defensively, I think, I mean, I'm Kawhi to me, I know he can, he's got a good offensive game, but he doesn't to me feel like a guy that gets a ton of separation and doesn't create a ton of space. I think he'd have a hard time scoring against LeBron just one on one if LeBron is really locked in from a defensive standpoint. So I'm going to take LeBron here as well. Britt, what do you say? Um, Mm. I got a quick question before we try answer this. How come Kawhi, Anthony Davis has a nickname? How come Kawhi does not have a nickname? He should have one. He right. absolutely should like, have should, one. I don't know what his nickname should be. Kawhi Layaway Leonard. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what his name know. should be. Kawhi, I don't know. But he should definitely know. have a nickname. He should have, he should have a nickname. Um <laughs> but to go back to my question, to go back to the question, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm going all the way for it. I'm going with Kawhi on this okay, one. Okay. Okay. I think the only thing is, you're right. His he he could dribble a little. 
Forget it. I, I started it. I'm going to stick to it. I think Kawhi's defense is enough to stir some issues with LeBron, a healthy championship version of Kawhi, not the young Kawhi, not the injured Kawhi. I think Kawhi, during that those championship runs, he does cause a lot of havoc on the defensive end. LeBron is two-timey on the defensive side of the ball. He, he's very, very two-timey. Um, sometimes he wants to play, sometimes he doesn't. I think LeBron or Kawhi has shown he has caused issues, um, called problems for LeBron when they have gone up against each other. LeBron may may have still gotten some numbers, but that was not necessarily against Kawhi Leonard. When they have gone up against each other, it's like Kawhi does study him. And Kawhi has this little shot that does not change. And he actually shoots the ball better than LeBron James. I know people are like, what? Look at the game. He has the same motion every single time he shoots this basketball it does not change and that's why he always mm-hmm. makes a shot so i think people underestimate Kawhi just a little bit so i'm gonna go with Kawhi on this one yeah it'd be a good one for sure and if it's close then i don't know if lebron's gonna get nervous so <laughs> it'd be interesting lebron he has no one to, to defer to either he needs to win comfortably <laughs> if he's gonna win all right two more real quick um let's do mike versus kobe um, look, I know most, I think, you know, maybe it's a no brainer, Mike, but I do remember Mike saying when they asked Mike, could anybody beat him in one-on-one? He said, maybe Kobe, because he steals all my moves. I know he was joking, but I figure we throw that out there and make it interesting. At least, uh, Britt, who you got in this one? Has Kobe got a chance against Mike. I have a question. Um, and I can't remember his, his name at this moment. But could, oh gosh, could the Karate Kid beat Mr. Miyagi? Daniel-san. Could Daniel-san beat Mr. Miyagi? he could not. So I do not think Kobe will beat Michael Jordan, okay? Look, Kobe is one of my favorite basketball players of all time. As you guys know, he is my area. Him and AI are my two favorite during my time, of course, absolutely. But Kobe has studied and got most of his moves, just about all of his moves from Michael Jordan. And I'm pretty sure Michael will be like, look, I taught you this. Don't get it twisted. I will beat you at my own game because I do that much studying. I know what moves because I invented these moves and I pass them down to you. I'm going to beat you, sir. And then you have my mentality or similar mentality to, to me. You're my son. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I can't disagree. I can't disagree. K-Walk, is this a no-brainer for you? Yeah, but not, not by a, a long stretch. It's a, it's close because it is Kobe. He stole everything Mike uh, at, at Mike did. But I think Mike still has some tricks that he didn't show everyone. Uh, you know that he didn't. Um, he didn't show Kobe. He didn't show. He didn't show us. Um, and I think the difference would probably be defense. I know Kobe was a defensive guy as well, but I think Mike. Um, was a little bit better on on, on defense, uh, in my opinion. Um, hence the 1988 Defensive Player of the Year award. So, uh, based off of that, and I'm never going to go against MJ one on one. And MJ said it himself; he might be able to beat him one on one. He didn't say he could or he would. <laughs> yeah. He said he maybe. If anyone, maybe Kobe. So, with that being said, nah, I'm taking MJ all day, every day. In a game to 11, K Wall, give me a score. Is it close? Uh, is it make it take it? Yeah, make it take yeah, it. Yeah, if it's a net, and who gets the ball first? 
We'll give Kobe the ball first. Ooh. Mike, Ooh. Mike wins 11 8. Mike 11, wins 11 8. 8. I was going to yeah. say 11 9. Britt, you got a score? Oh, it depends because look, Kobe might not miss. What if Kobe don't miss? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'd be well, able to no. miss eventually. But if Mike gets the ball, I say the same thing. Like these guys don't miss. Yeah, it's tough. I'll give it only because. I mean, but then you never know. Kobe played in the era where all of a sudden the the, the moves, like Jay alluded to in previous shows, the moves started to change a little bit. All of a sudden you got these Euro steps coming in. So if Kobe gets the ball first, I'm giving it to Kobe. Mike gets the ball first, I'm giving it to Mike. Okay, okay. All right, last one. I threw this one in. I did not put this one in the notes. Um, AI, Allen Iverson versus Isaiah Thomas. What? Are you being, you're being smart. <laughs> I swear, man. I got you're it being, on my paper. I got it on my smart. paper. AI versus Isaiah. Look, I, the, the reason I put this one on here, I was watching Isaiah do an interview, and he's he's really annoying me with all these interviews. Yeah. He, he's still he won't let it go. He's yeah. taking he shots let it go. at Mike. Yeah. But they mm-hmm. ask him who were his um top five point guards. And I know AI, I don't I don't know if people count Shitty AI guard. as a two or one but he, he said he he puts magic and oscar robertson in a separate category so he wasn't going to include them and then he said he had himself at one two three four and five and i'm like isaiah is just out here tripping but i threw him in here anyway ai versus isaiah okay walk who you look i look i know i look i don't like personally i don't like isaiah just for all the things that he's going back and forth with mike about but when you look at the tape, he was a heck of a player. He was a heck of a player. One-on-one, K-Wall, who you got? I know as Isaiah, he played in Detroit. He played in Michigan. Did, did he Did he reside in Flint, Michigan? Did he drink that water? Because <laughs> for him to say, say something like that, man. Um, ah, man. Nah, I got AI all day, man. I just I don't see Isaiah. I don't see Isaiah stopping AI. Um. I know he he had a handle. Uh, I don't recall AI really playing defense like that though. Um, but for everything we laid out, it's make it take it. It's two eleven. Uh, I think uh, AI can beat Isaiah um, more times than Isaiah can beat AI. So I'm taking AI on this. <clears throat> yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I just think the quickness factor, like when AI yeah. would cross you over, over like, yeah. that was something that we hadn't really seen a whole lot of. And just his his ability to just go by you, he was so quick, that first step. Yeah. I don't think Isaiah could stay in front of him. Uh, so I'm going to take AI as well. Britt, I know it's a tough one for you, but but which way are you going to go here? This is really a question right now. It is. Isaiah, man, one of the greatest of all time. I I, I get it. I get it. But he also had a a lot. He he could score, too. But he also had some good players around him. Yeah, he did. He had a good team. He's a great assist guy, too. He's a great playmaker. Let me tell you something. Much better playmaker than Allen Iverson. I'll give him that. (laughs) But that's about all I'm giving him. Uh, Because one-on-one, AI will have him in a mixer. And have his head spinning around and around and around and around. Isaiah Thomas is not going to stop Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson will cross him up. He'll go into the his jump shot. He'll drive it on him. And young AI might actually dunk on him. AI that got injured too much, he's not going to dunk anymore. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, don't agree. make me bring up that highlight 
can't walk up when AI did well, that put back dunk over. I know all about it. Big I'm, man. I'm not the guy you gotta say. You that's the guy. That's the guy you gotta <laughs> oh, talk yes. about. AI. I, I, that's the guy I you gotta talk about. Yes, uh, you. Um, but no, AI was a player. Is the reason why they called him one of the best guards at his height. I think he may have been six feet, whatever. Yeah. Um, in the history of the game, and he was tough. He was very tough. Um, and just as physical as most of those guards can be. So, sorry, Isaiah Thomas, you're not being Allen Iverson. Yeah, yeah, and I no. think AI will have him limping um, like he did in that uh, Lakers series <laughs> back in the day, too. No. <laughs> Twist that AI, ankle up a little bit. <laughs> AI will have him uh, uh, forfeiting the game like they did it with Michael Jordan. Michael yeah, he'll Jordan. walk off the court without without shaking the hands. <laughs> the, more, the more I think about it, though, I think you're right. Like, AI was tough. Like, especially young AI. He was just, yeah, he was, uh, I agree. This one might not even be that close. It might be like 11 to 4 or something like that. Right. This one might not right. be that close. All right. Good stuff, guys. Let's move on. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the NFL draft because there's four quarterbacks really that everybody's talking about, right? C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. I'm going to throw Hendon Hooker in there as well as a fifth because he has moved into Todd McShay's latest mock draft so we got those five guys right out of those five k walk which one do you think has the highest ceiling like which one do you think might be that guy franchise next decade whatever and then which one do you think has the greatest bus potential so give me the highest ceiling and then give me greatest bus potential Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, as far as the highest ceiling, I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson. Um, a lot of things that I alluded to earlier and the things I've been saying about him coming into the draft is that um, his pure athleticism, man, I mean, you just see him. Uh, he's labeled himself, uh, what do you call himself, uh, Cam Jackson. You know, he's a combination <laughs> of of Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson. I just said, listen, man, you're you're Anthony Richardson because if you have a combination of those two dudes, man, then you're just, you're Anthony Richardson. 6'4", 200-plus pounds, great arm, great uh, um, scrambling ability, has a good accuracy. I know that he has a tendency of holding onto the ball uh, a little too long, but I think, you know, with the right coach, the right offensive coordinator, and the right QB coach as well, the right system, I think he can, uh, you know, he can eliminate those particular, uh, mm -hmm. the, the, that weakness there. Um, like As far as potentially uh, the, the bus potential, I don't like to call anybody a bus. But for the sake of uh, the segment and, and the question, um, I don't like to say this, man, but Bryce Young, um, for kind of the uh, reasons that I mentioned with Anthony Richardson, the opposite, only that the size factor bothers me with uh, Bryce Young. Mm. I, I just think he's kind of he's, – he's just not big enough. I mean, he, I know he can put on weight. He's going to put on weight. He's going to get in the weight room. He's going to get to the nutritious, uh, nutritionist and all that but I don't think it's going to be enough to withstand that punishment. I know he's not going to get hit every play like a running back or a lineman, but I just think he's, I think his size is going to, you know, um, his lack of size is going to be, is giving me him to be the potential bus. And I'm not calling him potential bus by any stress, ladies and gentlemen, it's just for the sake of the, the, uh, the question and the segment. Yeah, man. I, I hear what you're saying. Now you're making me want to maybe change my mind, K-Walk, because mm -hmm. I got Bryce Young as my high ceiling guy. Okay. Because I feel like if every like if he gets in the right situation, I, I think he could be like 
Patrick Mahomes 2.0 because right. I think in terms of like pocket presence, savviness, just seeing the field, creating plays, I think he does all that at a super high level. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like the size could be an issue. Um, taking the hits, all that could definitely be an issue. But I feel like if, if everything goes right, he yeah. could actually be the one that has the highest ceiling and just be I like a great, great playmaker. I, I agree with you, Kay. I don't love saying guys are going to bust, but right. Will Levis for me is probably the guy who I could maybe see it not turning out the way people think it will. Just because I – I know like he wows you with his arm, all, all those kind of things when he's in mm-hmm. shorts and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. But at some point you got to get it done on the actual football field. Right. And for me, I the, the production just was not there, especially this past year. Now I know there's a lot of contributing factors. He didn't have a great mm-hmm. offensive line. He was banged up. All those things right. play a part in it. But if you're going to be that guy at quarterback, you've got to be able to overcome some of those things. So for me, Will Levis is the guy that it might not turn out the way that people think it will. I can say that too. Britt, would say you? Um, I think C.J. Stroud's fantastic uh, potential franchise quarterback. Yeah. Bryce Young, fantastic potential um, franchise quarterback. I think the player with the highest ceiling, Anthony Richardson. Um, his arm, his mobility – um, he does have to work on his accuracy, but his the traits are there. You know, he's just very, 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 very raw. He has the potential to be a one of a kind type of, of mobile quarterback with the how these quarterbacks, how these teams are looking for their quarterbacks to be the Patrick Mahomes, the Jalen Hurts, the Lamar Jacksons. I'm not gonna forget Lamar Jackson, although y'all want to act crazy out there. Um, they want these mobile strong well Jalen Hurts doesn't have necessarily have as strong of an arm as the other two guys but strong arm guys um who can make these these crazy throws on the run and I think he absolutely has the highest ceiling but I also think he has the most bust potential as well I'm putting him for both if things do not work out with everything that's going how he's been performing for pro day I really think he is he has the most um pressure on him to perform well when he gets to that NFL level. But I think he has the attitude um and the confidence to handle it, but I still think he also has the most bust potential because this could all fall very very flat. Yeah. Cuz I'm excited about him. I'm excited for him. I'm excited about him. Um but he could just be a well He's not what I think, like a Malik Willis. Malik Willis got all this height, and it's too early to call him a bust. I think they still need mm-hmm. to develop him down in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but he could definitely get potential bust. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, and, and so much of it depends on just where you end up. Like right. What yeah. organization yeah. you get in, who's, who's coaching you. Like, There's right. so many other factors that play into whether or not you'll be a success on that level that – there really is a little bit of good fortune involved with, with some of these guys for sure. But look, I'm hoping all, all these guys have sure. great careers and, and succeed and, 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 you know, play great at the next level. All right, let's do one more quick segment. Then we'll do rant and ball and, and we'll get out of here, but real quick, 
what do you guys think is the hardest thing to do in sports? Usually when this question comes up, people say like it's hitting a fastball. Like that's the hardest thing to do in sports or, you know, maybe playing golf or, you know, making a putt, something like that, or who knows, tackling a 250 pound running back that's running straight at you. I don't know. But what, what do you guys say? What is the most difficult thing to do in sports? K-Walk, I'm going to start with you on this one. Yeah, I tried to do all of those things, Jay, even tackling the 200-pound running back. You remember? I forget his name. Um, and and Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, the championship oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy came at me, man, and he he was just running me over, man. I just said, you know what? I just punched the ball out. I said, That's all I have left, guys. And then we, we, we fell on him, unfortunately. But um, I, I'm going to go with the uh, – I'm going to go with fastball here, man. I think hitting a fastball is probably the most difficult thing that I have tempted to do. Um, and um, you just look at it from a major league standpoint. These guys are throwing 95 plus. Um, there's sometimes their change-ups are 90, uh, or 90 miles an hour. Yeah. I just know going to a batting cage, and I set it like at 65 to 70, I'm still swinging through it. So I can only <laughs> imagine what, what those 90 plus are like. So for me, it's, it's hitting a fastball, man. But uh, that's mm-hmm. the hardest thing that I've done and uh, attempted to do in sports. Yeah, K-Walk, I agree with you, man. And I I kind of prided myself as somebody like, oh, I can play any sport. I, right? I can do anything. Pick up a ping pong paddle, I'm good. Like, I can play basketball, football. Like, I feel like I can play any sport pretty right? good. But you're right. When I step in that batting cage, it's mm-hmm. it's a whole different ball game. So I can't imagine like a 95-mile-an-hour fastball coming at me mm-hmm. and me trying to hit it. So right. I wanted to be different and come up with something different, right. but I, I really think that for me is definitely the hardest thing would be hitting a, a major league fastball at 95 miles an hour. That that The thought of that's a little bit scary, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. So I, I'm going to go hitting a baseball. Britt, what about you? I have two. Okay. Um, you know, I thought about the baseball, but I think over time, you, you, you can get that. Um even within that same session, I think eventually you'll be able to hit. It might not go anywhere, but eventually you'll make some sort of contact. Uh, might bounce back behind you. I have two. The first one might not be. Eh, it might not. Most people may say it's not that hard. Wrestling, um, and I don't mean WWE. It used to be WWF. I don't mean the entertainment wrestling. I mean high school, college wrestling, because you are using every single muscle in your body to try to hold, pin, do whatever you can get to get that referee to call it. It is the most, it's very tiring, very exhausting. Um, And I've had spoken to wrestlers, like after matches, they just want to go home and go to sleep. Um, You're using muscles that you never even knew that you had. and then my second one, which wasn't surprisingly, a lot of people didn't think about this, gymnastics. Gymnastics on that freaking balance beam. Yeah. Like, just think about it. These girls and men, these young women and young men sit and flip and twist and all this stuff on a little beam. Now, the men don't do that. Beam. Uh, no, they... They don't do it. They do the, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do the pony. I'm sorry. They do the, mm-hmm. the pony. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that little beam that you got to balance on, flip, twist, yeah, all type, that is very, very, very difficult. Yeah, very that difficult. is. That's a good call. 
That's a good call. Because, yeah. Skatewalk, I'm just thinking, right? Like, if you had six months to practice, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's throwing 90 miles an hour at you every day and you're working on your hitting or you're, like, <laughs> working on, like, a gymnastics routine at the <laughs> end of the six months. Like, which one do you think you'd be better at? Like, that's a, that's a interesting. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tough skill. I agree. That's That's a hard skill. I, there's yeah. a part of me that thinks maybe I'd be able to hit the baseball a little bit better than I would be able to like swing mm-hmm. around and do all those flips and stuff. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, you know, on certain arguments, I do have the gymnast um, being the best athletes in the world. But as far as, you know, the hardest thing, I've never attempted to do it. I've attempted to do backflips like several times. I've attempted to do it. Let me keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, just not successful at it. So I can definitely see that, you know, you're coming after, you know, you're saying gymnastics, but I couldn't compare it to anything that I did. So I, yeah. you know, I guess that's yeah. the reason why I didn't do it. Cause I know that I can't do it. That's a good point. Wrestling. Now I couldn't get down there. You know, it's just something about wrestling that I just didn't attract me. That's why I played basketball or ran indoor Slid track or something sweat. like that. Yeah. <laughs> nah, not so much that. It's just, it's just, I, I just wasn't good at it. Just For me, good. that's I mean, what I it never, is. I never tried it, though. I, I mean, I got into fights. Me. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten into fights while I've won a you know, wrestling match, but I've never... Nah, I, I can't see me doing that on, yeah. a, on a night-to-night basis and, and being good at that now. I remember in middle school, man, like for PE, they rolled out the wrestling mats yeah. for like a week and Didn't we're like out there wrestling and stuff. <laughs> and you're right, Britt, to your point, it was tiring. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you have Very to tired. be in shape to wrestle. There, There's there's no doubt about that. You've got to be in yeah. shape to but wrestle. I, I think the one that takes the cake is that balance being like, for instance, as a kid, you walked on the curb and try to balance yourself on the curb, right? Yeah. Now imagine trying to do backflips and 360 spins and all that crazy yeah. nonsense on that curb. Yeah. And then, too, you think about it, like someone like Simone Biles, right? Like the best to ever do it. And she even gets the yips and can't can't land a flip and all. So, yeah, I I think that's a good one. That's definitely Mm -hmm. a good one. Um, All right, y'all. Let's do rant and then we'll do who's ball and then we'll get out of here. Let's start with the rants every week, guys. You get one minute. To give a rant could be positive, could be negative, just a chance to get whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart, chance to get it out there. Um, shoot. Uh, K. Walk, man, I guess I'll start with you this week. You got one oh, you minute, know what? man. Yeah, I had one, but Britt kind of took it. Um, okay. So let me, um, let me circle back around to you. Yeah, circle back to me, man. All uh, right. All right. Please. Well, Britt, I know you got one ready to go, so we'll let you kick this off. What you got this week? Um, I'll see. I hope I don't go past my one minute, but I might. So just bear I'll with give me. You, I'll I'll give you um, an extra 30 seconds if you need it tonight. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but I got to come at all those people, and I'll be nice, who came at my Angel Reese, because I love Angel Reese, and call her classless, and especially the Barstool CEO. Mm-hmm. They Portnoy, yep. annoying, whatever his name is, call her classless and a piece of SIT mm. for taunting Caitlin Clark. That is the most unnecessary thing I have ever heard, read in my entire life. And I know, unfortunately, that is the world that we live in. But this guy, he needs to stop. As we alluded to, when Caitlin Clark does it, she's a competitor. She's great. She's this, she's that. And it shouldn't be a black and white thing, but let's be real. It is a black and white thing. Okay. It should never be a black and white. It should be, this is where ball players, but it is. 
and Angel Reese, I love that she what she said in the media and she addressed it. She said, when I do it, I'm too hood, I'm too ghetto. When Dawn Staley said, uh, mentioned it, the same thing. My girls are bar fighters, they're monkeys, they're thugs. But when a team as in Iowa or of that complexion, right? Because I guess South Carolina and LSU has the wrong complexion. They're competitors. They're great. They're all-time greats. They're future Hall of Famers, whatever it may be. We need to stop it, okay? Cut it out. And Angel Reese, I salute you for standing up for yourself, for standing up for young ladies that look like you and me because we go through it enough on a day-to-day basis. So I salute her and young young African-American, no, young people of color. Please look at Angel Reese. I love her confidence. You could call it whatever you want. But on that court, she's a straight ball player, okay? And Dave Poitnor, knowing whatever your name is, grow up. It's time for you to grow up. Time, nobody cares how much money you got in your little bank account, big bank account. Don't nobody care. What we care about is what comes is how you treat other people. And the type of person you are, I would never want to deal with you in my entire life. And it's unfortunate because I'm a sports show. He could potentially sign this. <laughs> but... <laughs> Let's be real. I don't want to ever deal with you or do anything with you because that showed class. That that was classless. That was a piece of S-I-S-H-I-T. And there's no reason for you to call a young lady that's probably more than half your age that and she's just playing the game. Let's let's be real. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, no, I agree, Brett. Like, it's just weird. Like, grown men calling names to, like, Angel Reese is 20 years old. Like, <laughs> she's in college it's yeah. just it's it's yeah it's insane to me like the name like people can have an opinion about it like that fine everyone's gonna have an opinion but to get into like what you said the name call and the class list like all that that was that that was definitely a turnoff for me oh, i got something for him <laughs> and that comes from Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. <laughs> Caitlin Clark doing it right with us. Let's go. <laughs> All right, good stuff, Britt. K Walk, you got some, yeah. got something ready to go? Yeah, we kind of touched on it a little bit uh, earlier, but I had two rants, and and Britt, I, I knew it was going to be someone was going to touch on this. If we didn't touch on it in the show, it was going to be a rant. But I'm going to go with the. Uh, this is a good rant. It's not necessarily a bad rant, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but uh, what the, uh, the, the um, stay on the women's uh, basketball talk, and that's what um, LSU and Iowa. Let me shed some shed some some positive light to this uh, this this game. And this um, we talked about the I think it was nine point nine million viewers. It touched a different um, uh, it, it touched a different. Uh, I forget exactly how they worded it, but it was up into the numbers of twelve million that it reached. Yeah, um, the it's the first there. one that I I have to say that it's the first national championship that I watch. From the tip off to the last buzzer, I, I have to say that, ladies and gentlemen, um, I just wanted to. I thought this was a great matchup. Um, that was happening. I thought the final four was the best final four that I've seen um, in the women's for sure. Um, they broke the record uh, that was set in 2002 when it was UConn versus Oklahoma, and you remember those those uh, those teams or oh, there's players on those teams or at least UConn, Sue Bird. Diana Taurasi, just to name a couple. Um, those were big time names. And then there was at that point, it was like what 5.68 million that it hit. So they more than doubled uh, it on the other night or uh, the other day. So um, hats off to the women's game um, and getting those viewers uh, f- for sure. Everyone was looking for it. I'm, I'm just not trying. I'm hope we're not turning this into uh 
a, a, a racist thing, man, or black white thing. I don't want to call it a racist thing, but a black white thing. But that's what I'm seems that we're getting a lot of it, and that's why it, uh, you I didn't bring up anybody's name like you just brought up Brit because it's ignorance. And what I try, try to do is what I do is I ignore ignorance, and that's what it is. Especially the one guy from the, the former ESPN uh, my analyst. I'm not yep. going to mention his name. He come out. And, he came out and called her an idiot, meaning um, Angel Reese. Just ignorance, man. Just just pure ignorance. But some um, hats off to them nonetheless. It was a well played game by uh, by LSU. Caitlin Clark did her thing, but nonetheless, it was just uh, they, LSU was just too much for Caitlin Clark to uh, to overcome. But hats off to the women's uh, national championship uh, and getting those viewers for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm just happy um, people got to see the women's game. I, I've been watching women's college basketball for a while mm-hmm. now, and I'm just happy that people are starting to come around on it because it, it's a good product. It, it really yeah. is. So I, I'm happy I mean, the numbers are I've there. I've been saying it for a long time. My favorite thing to watch. What, what's that one question you always ask, Jay? If there was only one sport yep. we could watch, I always say college women's or women's basketball. Um, and then k yeah, I only shout. I you know what? I'm usually with you. I don't, I don't like to shout out people's names, and I only had mm-hmm. to shout out this one guy's name because yeah, I that's kept and pop up mm-hmm. on Twitter going back and forth. Still continue to talk about injuries. If you would have said the one liner and left it alone, but he had to mm-hmm. keep digging and digging and digging, and I felt like that was just the most disrespectful, classless thing I've ever seen a grown man. Well, it's not. Let's be real. We've seen a lot more than just that, right? right? But when it comes to this on the college level and sports, to me, he, he has to grow up. You got to yeah. grow up. And, and, and just one more thing. This a reason why I say that I, this is the first national championship or final four, because yeah. it's not, it wasn't the usual suspects. You know, the it was usual, like it wasn't the, I know UConn was in there. It yeah. was like the Yukons, the Stanfords, the, uh, the, right. the uh, Tennessees, um, yep. South Carolina obviously was in there. But these were teams that, um, that were in it that, you know, that weren't, one or two seats, you know, well, Iowa was, but you know, you didn't expect them to win, even though they had Caitlin Clark, but once they got there, they upset South Carolina. Now they want to see, you know, what they can do against LSU. So that's the reason why I'm watching, but going forward, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be tuned in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. K walk. All right. My, mine is more, more of like a PSA. I don't even know if it's a ramp, but the NFL draft is coming up just to the GMs and these owners. Like don't overthink it. Every year we see people <laughs> making crazy moves, moving up, trading back, trying to outthink the oh, room, yes. and you end up picking a guy and he doesn't turn out to be what you thought he would be. Mm-hmm. The film doesn't lie. If these guys play good football on Saturdays, there's a good chance they're going to play good football right. on Sunday. Don't fall in love with the 40 time, with the short shuttle, with how they look in shorts and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm and make some crazy decision and draft somebody way before you need to just watch the film. The film does not lie. That kid Carter out of Georgia, he is a heck of a player. Somebody needs to pick him. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't overthink it and say, Oh, we're not going to pick him. He's true. He's this, he's that pick that man. He's a great football player. So GMs owners don't overthink it. Keep it simple. Pick the guys that you know can play and everything will be good to go. Jay, that is absolutely fact. I 100% agree with you because Howie Rose, now I'm looking at you again with a crazy eye because I still remember Marcus Smith. What the heck kind of a pick was that? <laughs> and I don't even <laughs> know who he is. So that, exactly that tells my point. you a whole lot. Yep. Exactly my point. It tells you a lot. 
And who was the receiver the, the couple years ago? Because yeah. at least he stood on the lead. But Marcus Smith. <laughs> and there was one a few years back, Lermy Tunsil, I think. Remember the oh, video yeah. came out of him like wearing the uh the mask, and I guess they said he was smoking or something like right before the draft. Oh, and, he, yeah, yeah. and he dropped down to like 17 or 18. He's been like the one of the best offensive tackles in football, and all those teams passed on him. So just don't overthink it, guys. Pick the guys that can actually play football, and you'll be fine. All right, let's wrap this up with who's balling. Every week we want to shout out a team, player, coach, anyone who's just been getting it done, who's been absolutely balling. Give them their due. Okay, Walk, I'll start with you, man. Who you got this week? Who's balling? I'm staying on the college talk, and I'm talking about the UConn Huskies, man, the men's basketball team, man. They came out, won their – I know we touched on one uh, earlier today, uh, earlier in the show, uh, fifth national championship uh, under Bobby – not under Bobby Early, but they won their fifth. Their their theme was strive for five. Um, you know, they did not only go through the tournament and won every game, obviously. They won by an average of 20 points a game, ladies and gentlemen. From the first game against St. Mary's to the last game against uh, San Diego State, that's a 20-point average. That's hard to do. I mean, that's hard to do. I mean, you're lucky if you get to the, uh, you know, you get to the national championship. But to get to the national championship in the fashion that they did says yeah. a lot, and they were very impressed. So, um, so uh, the UConn men's basketball team, led by Bobby Hurley, were balling. Yeah, good call there. I'm going to be a little bit of a homer with mine. I'm going KD and the Phoenix Suns, man. Um, <laughs> every game that he's played on Phoenix, they've won. Uh, he dropped a cool 35 the other night, made it look easy, made it look effortless. I mean, for a guy that's been out of the lineup as much as he has, and just to be able to come back and just make it look so easy, it's almost just ridiculous the way that he does it. So for me, KD absolutely balling Britt, who you got i'm gonna I'm go with k-walk on this one i'm gonna stick with the college ranks the national championship but i'm gonna go with the female side and i've been talking about this young lady for a while now the freshman off from lsu flaw j johnson i finally said it's a great opportunity to give her her who's balling moment because she killed it in that game she dropped 10 points seven rebounds and four assists and d up when she needed to make the necessary uh, 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 plays on D the defensive side of the ball. She was grabbing some tough rebounds also. So, Flaw J. Johnson, you were all in. And she's a true freshman, right? Isn't she a freshman? True freshman. Oh, yep. Yeah. True yeah. Freshman. She's bright future ahead of her for sure. And I think I said, I think I said Bobby Hurley. I meant to say Danny Hurley. Bobby Hurley is <laughs> a Danny Hurley. All right, y'all. Good stuff. That was a fun one. Uh, before we get out of here, K Walk, uh, let the people know where they can find you on social media and if there's anything you're looking forward to this week, man, sports wise. Uh, well, first one where you can find me at is uh, Instagram, Kevin.Walker72, uh, Facebook, Kevin Walker, uh, and Twitter, Kevin uh, Kevin Walker 142 um, Also, I have a show tomorrow night, uh, Sports Talk with K. Walker and E. Scott. Uh, the link will be on those uh, social media platforms I just mentioned. Uh, check us out. Tune in. Uh, give us your thoughts and opinions on that uh, for sure. As far as what I'm looking for this week, uh, wow, basketball is over with. I guess just the end of NBA and the start of Major League Baseball um, as well. I think that's what you, you have to look into right now. 
my uh, I keep peeking over. Someone asked me, what do you keep peeking at? And I'm looking at the, uh, the Yankees and, and Phillies game. Um, getting beat right now for nothing, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, just the start of Major League Baseball and the uh, and uh, the start of uh, playoffs for the uh, NBA as well. Yeah, again, I'm with you, K Walk. You can find me at Jason Talk Sports <clears throat> on uh, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, man, NBA, I'm, I'm ready to gear up for that. Playoffs will be kicking off real soon. And then also, man, I've kind of tuned out of the XFL when, when the college basketball tournament kicked up. I'm going to see if I can get back into the XFL and kind of go try to through, their, I can't do it, through their playoff run. So give it a shot, K Walk. I did, I did. did you, believe you, you know, me, yeah. Even your Deacons, I think it was the Deacons. Or whatever they're called, um, demon, yeah, yeah, demons or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's sad. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm gonna try to re-engage back to some XFL football as well. Britt, what you got going on? Um, so I mean, I'm sitting here watching the Phillies Yankees game as well. It just happens to be on right now. Uh, they need to win something because they lost their first three games. So <laughs> first four games, I'm sorry. Um, so hopefully they win. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, we started off rough last year. So hopefully we end it well. Got to get healthy. Everybody has to come back healthy. Um, and then also I'm going back and forth to this Boston Sixers game also. So that's oh, yeah. also what I'm looking forward to for tonight. But the rest of the NBA season, of course, um, NFL draft is right around the corner. So I'll be doing my homework a little bit on that as well. You guys can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yes, I'm back on Twitter, guys. <laughs> Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Brittany Monique is at the bottom of my screen. And also, I have to say this, Jay. I'm sorry because I am a young woman of color. Um, lead with love always. Lead with love. Spread love and continue to spread love. Those who have hate in their hearts, trust me, we love you too. And I hope and pray that you change that heart. Um, that's all I got to say. All right. Good stuff, Britt. Definitely a good note to end it on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, hit that subscribe button for us. Hit that like button, hit that share button, get it, get it out to as many people as you can. As Britt mentioned earlier, we're, we're slowly, but surely trying to grow the channel. It's a labor of love. YouTube is tough, but, but we're going to stick to it and, uh, we're going to see it on the other side. Uh, also, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, so for Kevin Walker, Brittany Jones, and Jason Collins, we thank you for listening to The Sideline Speaks, and we'll see you next week. Go Phillies! You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports.